All right, boys, we are back. End to end is finally back after a two month layoff. And now we're back. Me and Joe are back. The first game of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens are is tonight. And that's a rematch, obviously, of the playoff series that happened last year where the Maple Leafs stunk and the Montreal Canadiens came back in that series and obviously went to the Stanley Cup final. So that's happening tonight. But in the episode, what's happening is we're going to be doing division breakdowns, division predictions, award predictions. Uh, Battle of the Buds is back. I'm fired up for that because we pick games every week and, you know, whoever gets a better record. I don't, I don't remember who won last year, but I think it was me because you really had a tough time during the year. But that's back as well. We may be adding a hot take here or there and then a way too early Stanley Cup prediction. So we got a filled episode and it's, it's good to be back, man. It is really good to be back. Like you said, it's been two months. I, we, I don't think we both realized like how long the actual layoff <laughs> was. It's like we did overdo on our vacation time, it looks like. But now we're back. We got our predictions here for the divisions. We got the award predictions, like you said. A couple hot takes, a couple big signings just before the season starts. And one guy who actually isn't signed right now, <laughs> whose team plays tomorrow, who we'll get into as well. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. So... The first one, the most recent one, I think you should get right into this. And it's your boy, the centerman for the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, it's my man, big dick, Nick Suzuki, who, even though he's not an RFA right now, he bought another year of, I guess, eligibility. So he signs an eight-year extension with Montreal that kicks in in the 2022-2023 season. Uh, Eight years, so that's going to bring him to 2030 for 7.8, roughly, million dollars per year. So with this deal, I'm happy for the fact that it's under $8 million mm-hmm. and it's, it doesn't look amazing now because it's not supposed to. The hope is that similar to like, I guess you could think, say like the Marner, the Nylander contract, that the cap will go up. Obviously, it's going to stay flat for a few years. Um, but if you can basically get your number one center locked in until he's like 30 and he's 22, I think that's a win. Um, again, he starts to improve it a little bit. Like he's still not a bona fide star or anything. He's a very good center. Um, he won't be first line on many teams, but he is on Montreal because their center position has sucked for as long as they've been alive. Um, but this is a great deal in my opinion, because I think he's just going to get better. He's got, he's, he's officially the number one center. Now he's got Caulfield and Toffoli on his line, power play time. Um, he's got that two way game that he'll keep developing that offensive game that will keep developing. So I'm really happy with this extension. Yeah. I mean, getting a, like you said, getting a player like that, you, and you hope to be the number one center in the future under 8 million. I think it's a complete win for the future. Maybe the first two years year. Okay. Yeah. Whatever cap staying flat. uh, You don't like it right now, but I think this is a move where you kind of do for the future. And this is, I got to assume this is the guy going into the future for the one shot Canadians at number one C uh, Eichel's been rumored for a couple months now to be moved. Uh, Montreal was seemed to be in on him, but I don't think I don't think that's the case now. You're paying the guy almost eight million dollars to be the number one center. I think it's very appropriate appropriate for him. Uh, his offensive game, like you said, Joe, is going to grow. Like, dude, almost like in a normal year, you guy has sixty five points this year. He had forty one and fifty six, so that's already damn good. But uh, I like his two-way game. I really like his two-way game. His defensive positioning is awesome. And, you know, the playoff run he had with the Canadians was great as well. So all things, all signs and all things pointing towards Nick Suzuki being and hopefully growing into a number one center role for the Canadians. Yeah, and also with the, the offer sheet that they had experienced this year with Kakanyemi losing him because they didn't have him signed and they decided to let him go because the offer was ridiculous. Um, they did not want the same thing to happen. And they just like Suzuki committed to the team. He could have went off this year. Who knows? He could have had 65, 70 points this year, for example, and then they can go into the negotiation and he would have probably asked for like 9 million. So, I mean, the fact that he committed early, they got him to this deal, which I think is reasonable. And I think it'll get better. Like you said, after probably two years, um, I think it's a win for both yep. sides. Yeah, long-term contracts usually end up being a, uh, like a big uh, million AEV per season. And this one wasn't really that big. So I think that's a win for now and, you know, for the future for Nick Suzuki. Uh, the other one I'm kind of mentioning that um, it's short-term is Elias Pettersson. 
uh, the Vancouver Canucks who re-signed. And Quinn Hughes are also re-signed for the Vancouver Canucks. So those are two big contracts that they 100% needed to get done because those are their two best players on either side of the offensive, de- defensive side. Uh, what do you think of those two contracts and how do you think that works for Pedersen in the future, only being three years? Yeah, the Pedersen one's on, is honestly an L. Like, only three years for him. Like, he basically got a Barzell deal. Um so like that's early like a bridge whatever so they're hoping that they could lock him up before that final year ends because then he'll basically I think he'll be either one year until he's a UFA or he'll walk right into UFA which is not what you want to see because he is a little bit older um I think he's 23 so it'll take him to 26 or whatever so that one's a bit of a concern again obviously the term and the dollars is not I mean the money's not back it's just a bridge but for Hughes, I think that's a lot better of a contract because he got six years instead of three. And for, I think, 7.7 and Pedersen was 7.3. So I think the Hughes contract is a win because you get him throughout basically his best years until his late 20s, uh, Hughes. And then Pedersen, uh, it's going to be a bit of an issue to keep him around long term, I think. Yeah, especially because I, I really assume and I think he's going to go off in the next couple of years, in the next three years that he has his contract. So uh, it's going to be a tough time, obviously, for Vancouver. But at the moment, that is a like it's a good deal at the moment. But when it comes to that third year, you gotta you gotta worry if you're the Vancouver Canucks. So yeah. I like both those contracts. Quinn Hughes uh, could be one of the best defensemen in the NHL in that conversation for a while at seven point eight. So I'd take that as a Vancouver Canucks fan. Another contract, and these are two pretty big ones for their franchises. And all, all the centers we basically mentioned: Pedersen, Suzuki. Now Zabinijad re-signs eight years, 8.5 million. And then Alex Barkov for the Florida Panthers re-signs eight years, 10 million per. So two contracts that are very, very heavy. But I think one of them may be in the long run very much worth it. And that's Alex Barkov for me. Zabinijad, I'm not too sure at the tail end of that eight-year contract giving him 8.5. But I'd like to know your thoughts on those two. Yeah, so with... The Zabinijad one, so that one starts after this year. I think he'll be like 28 or 29, then eight years. Like, that's going to be rough near the end. Um, but, again, like, he deserved it. He's been amazing since Panarin's got there, which Panarin probably got him an extra $2 million. Let's be real here. Um, but Zabinijad's a good player in his own right. Obviously got selected to uh, Team Sweden as the, as the first three players. So, obviously, he's good. It's just um, – you know, all that conversation about Eichel and like maybe Zabinajad would go the other way. Now that looks like, it looks like the Rangers are out of that because they committed to Zabinajad as their first line center with Panarin there long-term. So that's going to be their core there. And then for Barkov, like you said, like Barkov's the better deal of the two. He's younger, uh, I think by two or three years. Uh, he, again, going into his last year, he was only making 5.9 for this whole contract that he was on, which is our steal. Now he's making 10 million. That's about market value for, for a guy that could put up, you know, like 80 points and play amazing defensively. He just won the Selkie last year, just turned 26 years old. So he's got lots of hockey left. So I think that's a great deal for Florida. Yeah, I like both deals. Uh, definitely deserved on Zabinajet's part, even more deserved for Barkov being down in Florida, not recognizable for a number of years, but I think it's safe to say and put to bed that this guy is no longer the most underrated player in the NHL considering what he just got paid. So yeah. two, two guys that needed to be locked up and signed for those two teams if they want to have success. So I agree with all these contracts. I mean, some are iffy, some are, you know, they're good, but that's it. We have to deal with right now until Brady Kachuk signs that damn contract because, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the Sen side or Brady side, but it seems to be Brady side because he turned down that lucrative offer of eight years, $8 million per season and then when I look at the Sun side, I mean, I, like, I don't know what they're doing. They have the cap space, right? And, you know, for a guy to sit out in a situation Ottawa is in where they're not really going for it, unless they really think so. And if they are thinking, thinking they're going to go for it, this guy needs to start playing games for that to happen. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's like, I think it's more on Brady's side that I'm kind of getting pissed off at, like, as this is going on, like if I'm a Sens fan. Because apparently, again, it's reported, so it's not confirmed, but he turned down eight by eight, which is ludicrous considering that, yes, he's a good player, but he's the type of guy who will be slowed down and not as good as soon as he hits 30, 31. Like, he plays with that edge. He hits a ton. 
block shots, shots on net, gets in the scrums. Like that's the type of player where he won't age well at all. So the fact that he's rejecting eight by eight, he's getting that security. He's getting $64 million. And like, I mean, he is good, but he's not a superstar by any means. Like I think Matthew's better out of the two. He's more, Matthew's more skilled, but you know, for Ottawa side, like you said, they have the cap space. They could offer a little bit more, but from their perspective, they're like, hey, like you're not that good. Exactly, Even though yeah. we want to commit to you long-term, mm-hmm. we're not giving you $9 million or whatever because that's just not going to happen. That yeah. doesn't make sense. So, No, I agree with you. And some Sens fans that I've been hearing, especially the one, um, Russo's, Russo's friend Connor, he's a Sens fan, and he thinks that the next offer is Ottawa giving in and saying, here's your three-year deal. You can leave right after it. We'll give you $10 million three years. And you're gone right after and you're going to St. Louis. So he's not, uh, Connor, uh, Russo's friend, is not uh, seeing Brady Kachuk at all in the future. So he said that Shabbat will be captain. And then they move on from Brady Kachuk after the three years, after his RFA years. So that would be terrible to see because this guy was so, and he is good when he plays, just he's not at that superstar talent. But you can see it all coming together. And now this kind of put a halt to it on the train tracks here, in my opinion. But He's a good player. He needs to get locked up. Ottawa needs to get him signed. So, I mean, if for success, like I said, they're going to need him in the lineup. I don't know if I see success without him in the lineup. So, we'll keep you posted on that update. And Jack Eichel still not traded yet. That's a kerfuffle, and I don't even know what to talk about that because that happened all summer. We've been waiting for that, and then you know we took two months off, and it's still nothing is resolved. Yeah, nothing. Now the only thing that's happening on that front is that apparently some teams have gotten access to his medical records. Um, (laughs) yeah finally it's about damn time but that means it sheds a light on I guess if whoever is interested like what it looks like what the surgery will look like I've been hearing things it's going to be six months and then if he does the surgery that he wants it's only two to three months or something like it's all over the place no one really knows what's going on but Buffalo um like on in terms of internal conversations but it is it's bad now that it's dragged out to yeah. season just started yesterday so that mm-hmm. sucks yeah so we'll keep you posted on both the contract signing for Brady Kachuk and obviously the movement of Jack Eichel I don't expect anything to get done on the Eichel front anytime soon but the Kachuk one should be done in very very soon if they want to things to progress in Ottawa but I think that's it for news unless there's anything I forgot but I don't think there really much is major so we can get into the main part of the episode predictions for the divisions in hockey so nor nor no more north division we don't have to watch that the Thank same teams God. play all but the leafs start out with the three game their first three games against the canadian division opponents the ottawa centers the montreal canadians so i'm not looking forward to that but no, neither am I. um yeah we could start we could start with a new division so we're back to normal pacific central metro atlantic we should probably start with the atlantic because we're our teams are both in it so um I don't know how should we do this. We could run through each of our lists or just do it at the same time or maybe just run through. I think we should just do one through for each person. Then if you want, you can explain why you think yeah. one team will finish here and whatever. Okay. So the first place team that you have in the Atlantic division is? Uh, Tampa Bay. Not much of a surprise there. Back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, even though they lost their whole third line. Uh, this offseason, I still I still think they have enough offensive firepower and just talent in general. They'll find guys and plug them in, and they'll succeed. Even though they had a stinker last night, they yeah. were still hammered. But yeah, I I still see them leading uh, the winning the division. The right behind them is their Florida State rivals, the Florida Panthers. So they're just loaded with talent now. Like they added obviously Reinhardt the offseason, Sam Bennett at last year's trade deadline locked him in. Montours. Locked in. They they're getting Ekblad back, which is huge. Uh, Spencer Knight is the real deal, I think. Um, him and Bobrovsky, I think, are going to split starts this year. So I think Florida is a powerhouse. Then I have Toronto at third. Uh, not much to say there. They lost a bit of offensive depth, but they're still going to be good. They're going to be there at the end of the day. I don't think they'll have any issues missing the playoffs. Uh, then in the my wild card spot, I do have Boston, and that's because there there have been a lot not that much turnover, but I would say significant pieces. So you have Rask who's out until who knows when, because he had hip surgery. He's not even signed. Mm-hmm. So that's your number one goalie out. 
now you're relying on a completely different tandem of Allmark and Swayman uh, throughout the year. And again, in a tough Atlantic division. And also they lost David Krejci for nothing. Um, he was one of the most underrated second line centers in the NHL. I know they have Charlie Coyle there. They signed a bunch of depth uh, guys to help solidify that loss. But I think Krejci is just a huge guy in that Bruins dressing room and on the ice as well. So I think they'll regress a little bit, but I still see them in the wild card. Then I have Montreal missing uh, in the fifth spot, mostly because, well, we didn't really discuss this, but Price has entered the NHLPA uh, assistance program. So he's out for till who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Weber's out for the year. Edmondson and Hoffman are out to start the year. So there's just too many big losses. I think that's two top four defensemen in your starting goalie out to start the year. So that's just not going to bode well for them. Even though they did add uh, offense up front, I just thought, I think on defense, they're, they're taking a big blow right now. Then I have Ottawa there. They were good to end last year. Uh, I think they're going to take a little bit of a step, going to be around the save this year. If they can get better goaltending, they'll be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Detroit in seventh, they just haven't really progressed that much. I'm not really <laughs> impressed with what they've been doing. They have uh, Lucas Raymond inside playing this year. Interested to see how those guys will perform. But, and then obviously Buffalo's in dead last. Like they're going to be the worst team in the league, I think, this year. Just looking at their goalie tandem, it's a 40-year-old Craig Anderson and like a 30-year-old five foot seven Dustin Tukarski. So good luck with that. Yeah, not to mention superstar Aaron Dell, Leafs legend Aaron Dell as oh, yeah. well. So throw him into the mix there too. But not much is going to happen with those Sabres. I, them and Arizona can shake hands. They could decide. They could play rock paper scissors for that matter for last yeah. place in the NHL. <laughs> um, but I, I, going back to the top, I do have Tampa Bay as well. You know, they lose players, like you said, but I think, you know, these goal scorers, Kutras back and Fashlevsky could play to Vezina form. Obviously, so they had a stinker yesterday, but it's one game, shake it off. Momentum was in the crowd. They weren't really, like, let's be honest, like a bunch of teams that win don't really, like, it's, it's, it's a shit thing to say, but they don't really focus on the first game, I guess. Like, they're just so lived up in the moment how they won and the crowds are, are riled up and they don't really care about the first game. So I really think the Lightning were, going to bounce back and obviously win this division again then i have the boston bruins uh, i know you said they lost Krejci to grask and yes that will take a hit but i think a full year of the the perfection line is just going to be deadly in this division i think they're going to feast on some goaltenders here pasternak you know he didn't have a great year last year and he still had a pretty decent year that's the thing like he didn't have a great year but he had a decent year and he'll be back to a full season hopefully winning that rocker richard trophy then I have the Rocket Richard Trophy, the reigning champion of that, uh, his team in third place in this division, the Toronto Maple Leafs, my team. Yes, they took back um, a step back offensively, I think, depth-wise in the forward group. But, you know, if anything has told us about the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a pure regular season team. They do good in the regular season. So I can't really agree with the people who are going to say, oh, they're going to suck. They, they lose in the playoffs. Well, that's the playoffs, right? This team's <laughs> This team wins in the regular season. So... Then I have the Florida Panthers at the wild card spot in the Atlantic division. And the reason I have that is this team just always seems to just deflate during the year for some reason. I don't know what it is with this team, but as soon as the middle, middle, um, middle time frame of the season hits, this team just goes under for some reason. But I still have them making the playoffs. They have a very, very, very good team. And it's going to be very close in the Atlantic division. I don't think it's going to be a landslide up front and down below. So next team, I have the Euro Montreal Canadiens. I don't think that's really taking offense because like you just said, their leadership has crumbled this offseason with Shea Weber and Carey Price. I think that's a bigger factor into this year. And I think that's a big factor for any team losing their captain and then losing their start number one starter goalie, right? So we'll see what happens there. Ottawa next, Detroit next, Buffalo next. Nothing need to be said there. Brady Kachuk ain't in the lineup. I still think they make it over Detroit Red Wings and Buffalo Sabres, but not by much. But this division is going to be very, very like good to watch, I think, this year because obviously all these teams are back in the same division. And we got some star power in this division as well. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to this one. Yeah. All right. Metro next in the Eastern Conference. You got an order. Okay. So I got uh, the Washington Capitals. Yes, Backstrom is out for the first three to four weeks of the season. Uh, I think Kuznetsov's going to have a bounce back, in my opinion. He was awful last year. 
I think he'll be like, so that means their center spot will be okay. Ovi, you know, he's banged up right now. He might not play tonight, but I think they have enough uh, firepower to win th this division. They always seem to do good in the regular season, kind of like the Leafs. Um, they, they score at will sometimes in the regular season. They'll outscore their problems. They do have Samsonov back for a full year. I think he's going to have a big year. They have Vanacek, who they lost and then got back from Seattle. So that's their new tandem going forward. Uh, then I, in second, I have the Islanders. I mean, what more can you say about them? They're just a defensive juggernaut and are always, always make it far in the playoffs. They got their captain, Andrews Lee, back. They added some, some depth. They re-signed Palmieri. They added Parise. So they added some depth there. Uh, Carolina, I think, took a step back specifically, well, just honestly all over the lineup, well, specifically on defense. They lost Dougie Hamilton for nothing. Uh, they replaced him with Tony D'Angelo, who's now back in the NHL after being banished last year. Mm -hmm. Goaltending doesn't really make much sense to me. Uh, they lost out on some younger guys. Well, Mrazek's 30, but uh, Nijelkovic was such a dumb maneuver there. They didn't want to pay him. But then they paid two guys in their early 30s that are injury prone, so that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, then I have Philly in fourth, so I have Philly bouncing back and grabbing that wild card spot. Uh, they completely redid their back end. They added Ellis. They added Rist the line in. So that's two big names to to bolster that defense, which struggled mightily last year. Mm -hmm. And the big hope there, honestly, is if Carter Hart, their goaltender, bounces back. I know you got him in all four of your fantasy pools. So hopefully uh, he has a bounce back, and you'll probably win all four of those leagues. Then I have Pittsburgh just missing the playoffs. I think for the first time since 2006, so Crosby's first year. Um, first of all, Crosby and Malkin are both out to start to year. Crosby's coming back soon. Mm -hmm. Malkin's out long-term. I mean, Gensel's out right now as well. I just think the time is – I think their time's done now. Uh, the Metro's just too good, similar to the Atlantic. And they're, they're just, I think, too old. They don't have any good prospects coming up whatsoever. They have Malkin and Latang on expiring deals. Maybe if they really struggle, they might flip them both at the deadline. Who knows? Um, so I, I see Pittsburgh missing. And then I have the Rangers, who, despite how good they were last year offensively, mm -hmm. their new GM made a lot of very questionable decisions this offseason. They added Reeves for toughness. Then they signed Barkley Goudreau to a massive deal, which doesn't make sense. Uh, they don't have. They have six alternate captains, which is a bit questionable. As yeah, well. that that is a question, man. Like I've never seen that in my life. Yeah. Uh, just give it to someone, for God's sakes. Give it to Kreider. I mean, the guy's been there the longest. Uh, so, just based on how tough the Metro is, I have the Rangers down there. Then New Jersey and Columbus to finish it off. New Jersey took a step. They added Dougie Hamilton and, and Thomas Tatar free agency. Mm -hmm. um, but they do have an anti-vax goalie, so. He's not going to play a few games just for literally that reason. Hope they're praying. I think that Jack Hughes takes a step. Everyone's hyping him up that this is his breakout year. Well, it better be because the guy was first overall two years ago. Um, and then Columbus is going to be awful this year. They're going to be lost in the Metro. <laughs> I love that Jack Hughes statement, man. I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm excited to see how he performs because he's got a lot of pressure outside. He does. I, I don't really think he's looking at the outside noise, but I think he realizes, okay, like I need to start playing for this team to be good, and I'm first overall, and I need to get paid. So I need to get yeah. paid like my brother. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But going back to the top, I have the Carolina Hurricanes in first place. I know people might not agree with that. Obviously, you don't because you didn't have Carolina that high. Um, I have them winning the Metro. They have basically the same forward group, and it's very elite. I, I think this Carolina forward group is very good. And adding Esperi Kakanami, your boy, on the wing, I think that's where he belongs. I, I, I really, truly do think Esperi Kakanami belongs on the wing, and he'll, he'll do good on the wing. I don't know how good is good, but, you know, I think that's another forward that the Carolina Hurricanes would need and would help their team. Obviously, on the back end, they lose Dougie Hamilton, but I think uh, they're getting a cheaper <laughs> – replacement in quotation marks with D'Angelo, who I think will bounce back. He like, automatically has to or he's done. Um, but yeah, if Carolina win this division, I'm very high on the Flyers. I have them in second place. You talk about the year they had last year. We haven't seen one in a team recently that just really fell off the cliff from where they were. They were one of the best hockey teams heading into the COVID situation until it shut down. In the playoffs, they were good. And they just completely lost it against the Islanders. And then it hasn't been the same since every player, 
I think you go through every player on their roster last year, they all had the worst career years of their NHL careers. Like, it's actually, like, terrible. So even if half of those guys step it up this year, I think they're going to be like, make the playoffs, and I have them in second. Uh, the Islanders, strict reason. You can't really count them out, considering what's happened in the last few years. We have counted them out. Um, they really die down at the end of the year, but I think when they get in the middle part of the year and the start of the year, they're going to be very good. I like the acquisitions they made with the veteran presence and also signing Kyle Palmieri and stuff like that. Basically, they basically have the same team and a good goalie duo in net. The wild card spot for the Metro is the Washington Capitals holding that spot. You look at Ovi, how determined he's going to be after their contract extension. Sure, you may have Gretzky's record on mine, but I think he's very focused on this year and kind of getting that done. So um, the Washington Capitals grab that wild card spot. And then like same to you, I think the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, missed the playoffs this year for the first time in forever, right? Uh, they have guys injured. It's a good storyline to go off to right now uh, at the beginning of the year. You know, I think they'll pick it up during the year, but I don't think it's going to be enough uh, the way they're going to lose traction right at the start of the year without all these guys. But then the Rangers follow up, New Jersey, and then Columbus. The Rangers really took a step back, in my opinion, through this offseason. They traded Buchnevich for nothing, and that kind of is going to hurt. With the six A's, I think it's going to be a bigger storyline than people think because there's no one really guarding that locker room with that captain's presence. So, that's the Metro division. I don't think you, I don't, I don't know if you agree or disagree with my picks, but. No, I could see Carolina winning it. I just, I think they're defensively and like in goal, they took, they're going to be less, but we'll see. Like, it's just more the fact that I don't trust the health of Anderson and Ranta. Then behind those, one of the, one of those guys goes down long-term, then they're screwed, I think. So. Yeah, I agree. I just think maybe Freddie will bounce back. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll go to the central division and I think we both have the same team in first. So you get started. Yeah. Colorado. It's not very hard to pick. They're probably the president's trophy favorites. They won it last year, even though they kind of imploded in the second round against Vegas. I still have them. I still believe in them. Um, they didn't really add too much this year. I mean, they did lose group out to Seattle, but they just immediately replaced them with Kemper, who in my opinion is a better goalie. Yeah. who put up great numbers in Arizona, who's, which is an awful team. <laughs> so now that he's behind that Colorado defense and that team, I think uh, he'll have a really – he'll have a great year and they'll be elite like always. Mm-hmm. And in second, I have the Winnipeg Jets. So I think they're top – like in terms of looking at the entire roster, I think they're the best team in Canada. They have an elite, elite, elite top six. When healthy, Shifley, Connor, Wheeler, Ehlers, uh, Dubois – uh, they did lose Appleton, but that's kind of whatever. So that's that's a really great top six that they have there. Their mm-hmm. bottom six is not bad either. Then they're on defense is where they really improved this offseason. They added Schmidt and Dylan through trade. So that just instantly makes that top six a lot better, adding yeah. two top four defensemen. Mm-hmm. Then obviously you got a Vesna caliber goalie, Ned and Hellebuck, who's healthy. He's in his prime. So I have them in second. St. Louis I have in third. I think they'll have a bounce back. They barely made the playoffs last year and then got embarrassed by Colorado. Uh, they did add Buchnevich, like you said. They got him for nothing from the from the Rangers. Um, so I think they add, even though they lost Hoffman, Buchnevich is an upgrade there. Uh, I think they're going to have, a, like you said, a bounce back here. Bennington, we'll mm-hmm. see how he pans out. He's probably the X factor of that team. Then I have Chicago making the wild cards bottom fourth. I just think they added too many solid players to not at least be in the conversation for the wild card. They obviously added Fleury and Seth mm-hmm. Jones. Seth Jones' extension was messed up. Um, they added even his brother Caleb. They get, they're getting their captain Jonathan Taves back this year. Yeah, I, that's big. Yeah, exactly. He looks apparently looks great in the preseason. Uh, is in great shape, in good spirits. They really missed them last year in that leadership. And they obviously have Kane and Debrinket, who's one of the best duos in the league scoring-wise. So I think they bolstered their defense. They bolstered their goalie. They still have Lankin and backing up Fleury. And they're getting their captain back. I think that might be enough to get in the wildcard combo. Then I have Minnesota. Obviously, they re-signed their, their star Kaprasov to a massive extension. Um, the thing with them is that they lost some leadership in Parise and Suter and they really replaced them with anything. They're saving a lot of cap this year, but all those buyouts kind of didn't really help. It's not really going to help them in the future. I don't know. Is Marco Rossi playing for them this year? No, he got sent down. So. Okay, he got sent down. They have, do they have Boldy? 
No, he got injured. <laughs> okay, well, th- uh, that's why they're missing the playoffs. They don't have enough elite talent up front, in my opinion. They do have Spurgeon, Dumba, Brodeen on the back end, but it's just I don't think they have enough offensive firepower to make the playoffs this year. Then I have Dallas, who, even though Sagan missed all of last year, he'll, he's back healthy. I just think they're way too old. They added Suter in the offseason, um, but they, they're just such an old team. Defensively, they'll be solid. They have too many goalies as well. Not enough offensive firepower up front. Nashville, I have no idea what to say. Actually, we actually missed the news of <laughs> Yeah, we did. <laughs> we missed the news of Matthias Ekholm getting extended. Awful. Uh, today, the guy's 31. He got a four-year extension worth 6.25. The guy's going to be 36, making over $6 million on a team that's not very good. And I have no idea what the plan is for Nashville. I don't know how that GM is still there. They should have been fired two years ago. But anyways... They're finishing seventh in Arizona. The AHL squad is finishing in last. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> it's gonna be a big gap between them and Nashville. I know Nashville's not very good, but going back to the top, Colorado, we agree there. I don't think there is much to say on this Colorado team. Like simply, it's very simple. They just simple. need to get it done. They're kind of like Tampa of a few years ago. They yep. just they got to get to a, a Cup final or a conference final right now. Yep, for sure. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, the second uh, overall team in that central division is the same one you picked, the Winnipeg Jets. You know, people say that, you know, this team, uh, they don't have really trust in it. I, I kind of do, man. I really love their top six like you. Their defense, yeah, is it much better? Maybe, but it did get better. That's the point. Like, it did get better, and that's going to yeah. help Connor Hellebuck. And it kind of helps when you have Connor Hellebuck in the Nick Cage, right? So that really helps them. St. Louis in third. I like their team, man. I've... I, I don't know what it is with Philly and St. Louis, but I like the both of these teams, how they have some that what was superstar talent in Tarasenko. If he can bounce back, even half the player he was, like half of getting 25 goals a year, I think that's all that St. Louis needs to make the playoffs. They just need some help scoring-wise, and their power play wasn't very good last year. They were they were um, They dried at some times. So they need to get scoring as well. And their defense is not very good, but you have a guys that step up and they're fine. And then Bennington and Cage, you just need half the guy he was last year, right? You just need more than half and Bennington should be okay for them. Yeah. Then I do have the Minnesota Wild in the wild card spot, but I think the race between Minnesota, Chicago, Dallas is very, very close. And I'll add St. Louis in the mix there too. I think it's very close in my opinion. Minnesota, like you said, they don't have the elite star talent up front, but look what they did last year in a division with, I believe it was the Vegas, was the Vegas Golden Knights? Yes. So, I mean, like, that division they were in was pretty tough, and they made it out of there. And then this division's, like, bottom-wise is not the greatest, but I think it's be close. So I have them making the wild card there. Chicago, I do like their team, Joe, but, like, the thing is, I don't know if they could rep I – don't, I don't know if they can finish the season strong enough to what the other teams have up front and on the back end. I know Chicago upgraded this, this summer, but – I could see them squeaking into the playoffs. I said it was going to be close, but I just don't. I just don't know what this team is right now, and we'll see what happens during the year. Dallas, my opinion, man, I think at least a couple of guys are getting injured this year. I don't know what it is in Dallas, but everyone seems to get injured every year. We saw Sagan last year, Bishop all last year. And someone's getting injured in this team this year. Like it's going to happen, and they're all old, like you said, Joe. I don't see. You know, even if Heiskins takes a major step, I can't see them that being the reason they make the playoffs. They need a whole team effort because they don't have that superstar uh, up front, right? I know Sagan could probably get to half of what a superstar is, but that it, that still isn't a superstar. Uh, the Nashville, then Arizona, that's going to be very boring to watch because they're not very good. Don't know what the Nashville Predators are doing. I know what the Arizona Coyotes are doing. They're rebuilding, and that's a good thing right yeah. now for them. So that's the central division. From Colorado, like comparing Colorado to Arizona, man, if Colorado loses, like I don't know how much team, how much games they play versus the division, could be five or six. If they, if Arizona takes two away from Colorado, that's embarrassing. Yeah, even last year, I think they were in that same division as well, the Central, and I think Colorado embarrassed them. Like remember, I think in our group chats, you'd be like, they Colorado oh, with Arizona, yeah. it'd be like, yeah, Colorado outshot them like forty-five to twelve. Yeah, and they, they almost won, like, and they won by one goal or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so that's the Central Division. Now we go to the last division, the Pacific Division. So all the way there, um, I think we've got the same pick up top as well. Yep, Vegas, pretty easy. They won last night. Their their first game of the year was versus the new team, the Seattle Kraken. 
uh, the Kraken, to their credit, came back down from 3 nothing to make it like literally a game. And then there was a controversial kicking goal by Chandler Stevenson that won Vegas the game. But I still think it was their first game of the year. I mean, they won the game, so I think they'll be fine there. Got a solid team. I still think they're missing a, t- uh, a elite center, so we'll see if, if they make a move there. Who knows? Then in second, uh, I have Edmonton. Uh, I don't know if all the upgrades that they made, not all upgrades, all the moves they made this offseason were all great. They made a ton of them to revamp the forward core, the D core. Um, obviously, they have the two of the top three or four best players in the world. They obviously have the best player in the league in McDavid. They added Hyman for scoring depth. That's a good add, even though it was a bit pricey. Nugent Hopkins, they extended him to a good deal. Um, I think Poliarvi was still there. Yamamoto still there. So their top six is pretty good. I wouldn't say it's great. Well, it's good because of those two guys, but their top six is solid. On D, they completely revamped their D. So they let go of Ethan Bear. They let go of uh, who was it? Actually, I think they didn't. Let, I think it was just Bear. They added CC in the offseason and they traded for Duncan Keith, who at this point in his career is nothing more than a fifth or sixth defenseman at best. Um, he's just, he's not the same player that he used to be in Chicago. Obviously he hasn't been good for a while now. Yeah. And then in net, even though I'm having them second in the division, their goalie tandem is not good on paper. No. You have a, basically a 40 year old Mike Smith with a Miko Koskinen who sucks. <laughs> so they need to vastly upgrade goaltending there. I don't know what they're going to do because Stuart Skinner, I think is their prospect's name is not ready yet. Um, but they need to figure out their goaltending. Even though Smith had an unbelievable year last year, I don't see them repeating yeah, no. that again. Mm-hmm. Then I have Vancouver in third. Their top six is lethal as well, similar to Edmonton and Winnipeg. Uh, Pedersen's back in the fold. Hughes is back. They have JT Miller, Besser, even though he's injured now. Horvat, Niles Hollander. And then they have their first-round pick, Vasily Pozolkin. I think he's going to be playing. They obviously added Ekman Larson this offseason. And then Demko is now their for sure starter. He's a great goalie, only 25 years old. So he's gonna. I think they'll be fine there. Then a surprise pick here. I have the LA Kings making the wild card. The reason I say this is because I think with all of their young players that they have, their prospects, and their defense is not terrible, then they have a tandem between Quick and Cal Pedersen. Um, and considering that the Pacific is, in my opinion, the, the weakest division out of the four, I think they could sneak in. They still got Kopitar. They still have Doughty. Kopitar, both of those guys had solid years last year. Dustin Brown, so they're producing. They added Philip Deneau, so that's going to take some defensive assignment away from Kopitar to create more offense. They did add Victor Arvidsson. Um, they, like I said, those young guys that they have. Byfield's out to start the year, but they have, you know, um, I can't even recall. But anyway, like they Turcotte, have a lot of, yes, Kaliev, yes, okay, yeah, Rasmus Kupari. Do they still have Velarde? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they have a lot of young guys that could be difference makers and provide offense. So I have them mm-hmm. sneaking to the fourth spot. Yeah, and I have the new team, the Seattle Kraken, just missing. Uh, I just don't think they have the firepower up front to compete. Uh, again, they, they could make the the wild card. I I don't. It's not out of the realm of possibility. No, no, no. I think they have a good goalie in Grubauer, a solid, pretty solid defense to start off their franchise with Giordano, their new captain there. Um, but I just think offensively they're not the greatest. Then I have Calgary finishing below them. Calgary, I think, is just all over the place, like age-wise. And, like, they don't have many elite prospects coming up right now that are, you know, exciting to watch. It's kind mm-hmm. of like the same guys that they keep running it back with. They obviously <laughs> lost Giordano for nothing mm-hmm. um, that might bite them in the ass because their defense isn't the greatest. And then San Jose and Anaheim, the two other California teams are just awful. San Jose has like a mid- bajillion dollars tied into like 35 year old guys. Anaheim, they'll score one goal a game. Uh, they're going to struggle to score. So that's my uh, Pacific division ranking. Yeah. It's, it's similar to mine. I think similar reasoning is the better way to put it because Vegas first, they're clearly the best team in this division, top to bottom. Like you said, Joe, they need that centerman. I think they'll maybe make a trade for it. I don't think it's going to be Jack Eichel, but I think they'll make a move for a number one center or second line center who steps into that number one center role. I have the Edmonton Oilers, simple answer, McDavid, Dreisaitl, move on. Seattle is my third team in the Pacific Division. 
there isn't a rule for not making a trade when you're in the mix. So I think that's what the Seattle Kraken are going to do if they're in the mix. They're going to make a significant move for a guy to help them uh, score, which is considerably going to be their problem. And they didn't really have a problem scoring last night, but I know it's one game. Uh, they came back, obviously, and didn't win that game. But I think Seattle, there's no rule that they said they can't make a trade and kind of go for it during the year. So I think they'll get that third spot. Vancouver and a wild card in that division. They have lethal top six. It's almost like a Winnipeg in a sense, but I think I think the Vancouver one, everyone can score uh, at a great level. So I think that's a reasoning what they can do. I don't like their defense, but Thatcher Demko could obviously carry. We've seen Markstrom do it for years, so maybe Demko has to step in there and kind of steal some games there. I have the LA Kings at the next spot. I like what you said, Joe. They made some moves this year that are going to take some pressure away from other guys who had the pressure for a lot of lot, lots and lots of years which was Jonathan Quick being that starter. Now Cal Pedersen will hopefully help him out. And then you have Philip Deneau stepping in for a second-line center role behind Kopitar, uh, which is a two-way role. So I think that will take pressure off Kopitar to not be the guy every night and doing all the assignments left for the coach. Then the Calgary Flames, they're the Minnesota Wild of a few years ago. I don't know if they're good, don't know if they're bad, don't know if they're middle, don't even know if that they're the edge of the, the good or the edge of the bad. Like, I don't know what this team is. They have too many young guys. They have too many guys that they ran it back with. It, 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 sort, like, it sort of reminds me like of the last time this team's going to be together. And if it doesn't work out, they're just going to shrug their shoulders and like, oh, well, we, we tried. And then they're, they're, they're done for a couple of years and they're really irrelevant. So then I have the Anaheim Ducks simply because they still have John Gibson. He's going to yeah. steal some games against their opponent, which is last San Jose because – I looked at San Jose's roster and it is terrible. Like I did not, I did not think it was that bad. It is bad. Like I know Anaheim up front's bad, but like comparing the goalie wise, would I rather have Gibson or Aaron or Hill and Reimer? I'd rather take Gibson. So that's the reason I have Anaheim a bit higher. They have some young guys who could kind of go in the mix there and shock some people and score some goals, but that's it. I mean, not much to say about the divisions. I don't think there's very much surprises. Maybe the LA Kings for you, the Chicago Blackhawks for you, Maybe the Flyers for me, the Florida Panthers being a wild card. But at the end of the day, it's basically the same teams we basically predicted to be in the mix. Yeah, right around the same. And then like kind of like our wild card spots are kind yeah. of all over the place, which makes this fun. Yeah, so Seattle, I have cracking in. I mean, we'll see what happens there. There's no rule that they can't make a trade and kind of go for it but i think i think if i'm seattle if i'm not in the mix to go for it you got to trade and sell off players to other teams so they i they definitely know where they're going to be standing after the trade deadline i think that's a good thing for the kraken but that's it with the division breakdown i don't think it was very tough but some teams like it's going to be a very close race for each division so we'll see what happens um our next prediction award i think we did this last year as well and I think we have the same guy winning the Art Ross, which is the first trophy on our list. Connor McDavid. What a surprise. Yeah, what a shock. I, I think it's, it's better. A matter of how many – yeah, I'll just uh, – I was just going to say, like, I think it's going to be a, like seeing how many points he actually gets this year. <laughs> he obviously had 105 in 56 games last year. Will he crack, like, 140 maybe? Who knows? Yeah, if he plays 82 games and is healthy and the Edmund Tollers can actually help him out think that's not a crazy thing to say but i was gonna say i think the better thing is to say who's gonna come second in the R. ross trophy race because this guy just has it locked up hmm. i don't know i always say mckinnon but then he never delivers on it <laughs> and he never finishes the year dr- i don't yeah i don't want to say dry saddle either because that's a cop out i don't know bruso said dry saddle yesterday and I said, yeah, I don't really disagree with that. But the guy I'm looking at is either Marshan or Pasternak. You think Marshan could get that many points? Yeah, 100 points. He had it a few years ago. He was on pace last year to do it. And the guy we always – we literally forgot about him, Nikita Kucherov. He's back. Oh, yeah. So I'll put him second. <laughs> yeah, he's back. He's going to be dialed in, right? Full season of him won't hurt. Yeah, I'll put him second then. Yeah, I think the better question is for all these – things are the second place guy because there seems to be a bonafide first guy that might do it. But the next trophy is the heart trophy. I have McDavid. You have McKinnon though. Reasoning being. 
he's been snubbed too many times. He's been nominated like three or four years and he hasn't won yet. I think it's about time they fucking give it to him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he couldn't give it to him last year because McDavid was ridiculous. But I think a few years ago, he kind of got snubbed, uh, specifically when Taylor Hall won it. Uh, the Avalanche the year before were terrible, terrible. And they made the playoffs. And McKinnon had like, he was ridiculous. I remember finishing that year. So I think it's just, it's his time like to just finally win it. Like they'll either, he'll deserve it or they'll give it to him finally. So that's my reasoning. Yeah, that that's my second guy on the heart uh, trophy list for sure. McKinnon, he's been snubbed way too many times. I think he's got to get the spotlight for sure. But Connor McDavid exists. That kind of sucks for McKinnon. Um, yeah. The Rocker Richard, I have the same winners last year. So do you. I mean, simple explanation, he'll score goals. Yeah, he scores that well. Even though he's out to start the year for a few games, I mean, it's more precautionary than anything. The guy scores so many different goals, so many different ways, um, and he just scores that well. Like, it's easy for him. So Austin Matthews will win the Rocket again, I think. Yep. Um, Second place guy, I'd probably put Pasternak in the mix again. I think he's going to be having a really good year this year. All right, then we make our way to the two-way award, which is the Selkie Trophy. Um, I'm going for first-time winner, man. The winger's got to win it. Mark Stone, I'm going with him. I mean, it's not to say the centers don't deserve it. They do because that's a big part of their game. But at once, man, we got to put a winger in this conversation. I think Mark Stone's got to win it. I think so, too. He was nominated last year. Barkoff won it. So I think it's... Stone is kind of due for this award. He's, you know, obviously the captain of Vegas. He's much more well-known than I would say before he even got to Vegas. Um, You saw us play in the playoffs. You saw him in the regular season, all the takeaways he has. So I think, like you said, it's due time for a winger to win this award. Yeah, and if it's the winger, if it's the winger to win it, it's him. So, I mean, pretty safe bet there. There's also a bunch of centers we could throw into the conversation. Patrice Bergeron's still alive. Jonathan Tay's coming back. Anze Kopitar. The list goes on. Ryan O'Reilly. Like, many players could win this award. Yeah. The Norris Trophy, the best defenseman in the NHL. This will be the first-time winner. Kale McCarr. I'm going to put Kale McCarr. It's not hot at all because this guy is the best defenseman in hockey right now. Yeah, I also have him. If he was fully healthy last year, he wins it oh, easily. Yeah. He was like a point per game last year. But the reason he, I don't think he literally didn't win is because he missed, I think, 10 or 12 games. So that, like, hurt his chances, and that's why Fox won. Uh, but fully, if he's healthy, fully healthy, he's the best defenseman in hockey. Um, he's only 23, so this guy's just getting started, and he's amazing already. Yeah, and I do have a hot take, I will say, for the end episode on Kel McCarr. I said it yesterday, but I'll say it again today. Okay. Um, going to the goalie award, the Vesna Trophy. You have a – I think it would be a surprise to see him win it just because where he was at last year with the team he was on. But I don't think it's a surprise as, as of right now because of the team he plays on, and that goalie is. Tarsi Kemper. I was raving about him earlier, and that's why Colorado's going to win the Central – uh, this year and it's because of him like mm-hmm. he was a legit top tier goalie a few years ago ran into some injury problems and then Arizona just went to shit yeah um now that he's you know healthy he's with a like a, a Stanley Cup contender Grubauer just got nominated for playing on Colorado mm-hmm. he, his numbers were good but I think Kemper's still a better goalie overall I think he's going to win it this year I mean he's been in the conversation to even start for Team Canada this was like last summer Yep. He might be invited to the Olympics. I don't think it's the same now. We'll see if he has an outstanding start. I mean, yeah. he might get a heel, might get invited. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, I totally agree. I can't say I'm really out of the realm of possibility for that to happen because he's playing on a good team now, and he's been good for a couple seasons. Just played in Arizona, where Arizona's terrible. So yeah, you got to give some nod to Darcy Kemper and his new squad. Um, but I'm going Connor Hellebuck. I think it's a safe bet for the second time. This would be winning the Vesna Trophy. You know, we raved about the Winnipeg Jets being great this year. I think he's going to be a very big part of that. You know, the upgrades, I guess you can call them on defense. They're better than last year, right? And Connor Hellebuck was good last year. So you put a better team in front of him. You put more goal scoring. It's going to help Connor Hellebuck kind of not have to be relied on every single night for making 10 Miller saves all the time. So I think he's in the conversation once again, and I think he wins it. Yeah, that's a that's a very solid pick. And – Obviously, the guy in Tampa is a very safe bet as well. But, yeah, you know, maybe there's something about Vashleski this year that Hellebuck just does better. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, 
Uh, we'll go to the Calder Trophy. We have the same guy. It's your boy. My boy, Gold Caulfield, baby. Let's go. Even though he wasn't a rookie last year, he had a pretty good playoffs as a 20-year-old. Um, he's got an absolutely lethal shot. He's great offensively. He's finally going to get to showcase it over the course of a full season. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the potential, I think, to score 25-plus this year. Yeah. If healthy, he's, getting, he's on the first line. He's on the first power play unit. So he's going to get lots of opportunities to score. I think he's going to score a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year and I think he's going to take home the Calder trophy yeah no it's it's he's literally probably the front runner um and you know I have him winning it as well the things that he could do with the puck the things that he can do when putting the puck in the net is pretty incredible honestly I see 30 goals on him um and I think that just makes him automatically win just because his goal scoring touch he gets 30 snap of the fingers automatically wins it so yeah. there's no how much to say about this guy because he's going to light up the nets in the Atlantic division across the NHL. And I can't wait to see him light up the net across the NHL. So I can't wait either. Yeah. People said the rocket conversation. I'm not there yet. No, definitely not the rocket. There's a guy that should be with the rocket winner for like the next couple of years at the very least. So yeah, Cole's not there yet. Yeah. He's not there yet. That's the thing yet. So that's a few years down the road for sure. Um, that's our end of the award predictions. Maybe we can go with president's trophy if you want, or Jack Adams we see, but that's kind of hard to tell Jack Adams being coach, but yeah, president's is tough. Yeah. There's a lot of league teams. Yeah. I think it might be Vegas. If they can add us, this is the caveat. If they add another center, I think it's Vegas. Cause that's literally the only thing that they're missing in my opinion. Um, and then for Jack Adams, who won it last year? Was it the wild coach? Dean Evison, it might have been. Honestly, I forgot. Yeah, I, yeah, I forgot. forgot. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll just say Coach Q because he was nominated last year. Florida looks as good as they've ever been in their history probably this year. Yep. If he can guide them to like a top two finish, like I, I predicted in the Atlantic, I think he wins it. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. With the Jack Adams, I'll go with Jared Bednar. I think that's a pretty safe bet. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be pretty good. I know that, you know, the award usually goes to a coach who kind of not drags his team himself because that's, that's stupid to say, but he's a big part in why they they were there. And it's probably because they make the playoffs. So, but Jared Bednar is, you know, he's got, he's been nominated. He's got to win it at this point. Right. Because they've been so good. Um, the president's trophy. I think it will also go to Vegas. Um, big factor is they will feast on the division they're in, <laughs> especially at the bottom with uh, Anaheim and San Jose. Like they should get a bunch of wins versus them. So that kind of helps in the standings as well. They're in the weakest division by far. So, that helps us do. I agree with you there on the President's Trophy uh, winners, Vegas Golden Knights. So I don't know if we want to do the hot takes now or after the Battle of the Buds, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. Let's do Battle of the Buds first. Okay. Battle of the Buds, we're back for, I think this is year three or four. Might be year I think three. Four. Last year, season the year before. Four. Yeah, yeah. I think it's season four. Yeah, you're right. So Battle of the Buds season four, man. This has been a while. So. We're back at it. Um, I got three games. We pick three games a week. That's obviously what we've been doing for the last couple of years. So the first game, I'll go through mine. I got the Jets at the Ducks tonight. Uh, we just basically bashed the Ducks for being so bad and the Jets being so good. So I think it's a safe bet that they're going to win. So I have that game. Uh, Penguins at Panthers, October 14th. That would be tomorrow. And I have the Panthers winning at home in that one. They have a good team. Why not beat the Penguins who are depleted up front? I know they beat Tampa, but... You know, you're going to a Panthers team that is pretty good and hungry to win now. And then the last game on my thing, I have the Flames at Oilers, the Battle of Alberta, October 16th. That is Saturday night, primetime, 10 o'clock, but primetime there in Edmonton. I'm going to pick the Edmonton Oilers. They have a lot of momentum going in this year. Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, and the Flames are the Flames. So simple answers there. But what are your top three, or what are your three games that you have this uh, week? So I have uh, the Hawks at Avalanche tonight at 10 o'clock. I have the Avalanche winning at home. That's the first game, I believe, on TNT for the NHL. That's going to be exciting. Then I have Montreal visiting Buffalo. We just basically ripped on them. Even though Montreal's <laughs> on a back-to-back, they're going to have probably Sam Montembeau play tomorrow. I still think he'll win versus Buffalo. I'll be pretty uh, triggered if they lost <laughs> tonight and tomorrow. So, 
And then uh, my last game, Wild at the Ducks, October 15th, and I have the Wild winning that game. Yep, okay. Safe bets at the end and uh, to start for both of us. We both have them beating up on the Ducks this week, but, you know, sometimes last year, I mean, even remember last year, man, we got burnt in some Detroit-Columbus-Buffalo games, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, many of those games we got burnt on, but we should go into hot takes now. And this is a segment... I don't know if it's new for us, but we can kind of make this a thing because I think we've done it last year uh, throughout all the years. And then we look back years prior and stuff like that. And we kind of correct what's wrong and what didn't happen. But with hot takes, it's hard um, at the start of the year because usually it actually never happens. But in this case, it maybe does. So, you know, any hot takes you want to throw out there that could happen? I think that Jack Eichel's traded before Christmas. That's not that hot of a take, but I just think it'll at this be point in time it is. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I think before Christmas, I think between now and then, everyone will have the records. They will have a trade partner in mind, Buffalo. They don't want to drag it out so damn long, even though it has been already. I think mm-hmm. I think they just want to move on from at this point. Yeah, uh, I think it'll happen before Christmas, and then whether he gets the surgery now or he gets it when he gets his new team, mm-hmm. how long he's out, that's a big question mark. But I think his rights or whatever, he gets traded somewhere before Christmas. Yeah, okay. that's It's hot for now because nothing's happened on that front, really. So yeah. we talked about it a couple months ago before the podcast, and we've been off for two months, and it's nothing happened, right? Yep. So that's yours. I don't know if you have one for specifically like on ice or like you think something's going to happen. You think this guy might be up for something. You think this guy's going to get many points. I don't know if you have that on the top of your head right now, but. Um, okay. Can I scratch my hot take? Yes. Yeah. This is okay. I'm not going to scratch it, but this is one for end of season going into next year. Okay. Claude Giroux will leave the flyers. I think that's, Yeah. I mean, there's been talks. And he's in his last year of his deal. He's the exactly. captain, but they haven't really achieved that much since he's been there. Made mm-hmm. the cup final once over 10 years ago. Um, he's getting into his mid, early to mid-30s now. I think if they don't go on a run this year, I think both parties move yeah. on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, no. I definitely agree. If they have a bad year like last year, it's game over for them. Yeah. It's sort of a Calgary situation where they're – They've been with the same group. I know they just traded Jacob Voracek, but they sort of have that same presence in that locker room that they've had for a couple of years now. And then is it time to move on? Is it time to not? Do you keep running with the same guys you've had? I don't know. And he's one of the same guys. I know he's been productive in his time for Philly, but at the end of the day, if nothing's going right and the same guys aren't going right, you got to move on. So that's not hot at all. It's really not that hot because or it actually is hot because, you know, they could go on run and he could still leave. That's the thing. Money difference, right? Yeah. We'll see what happens. But my hot take for the season is my hot take for the season going into the season is Kale McCarr. We have him winning the Norris Joe. Yes. He will reach 90 points this year. (laughs) He has been a point per game in his whole NHL career, Joe. And What's to say he can't get 10 more points in point per game 90. on that, on that Colorado like team? Paul Coffey. Ray Bork. That is I know. spicing hot, man. I know. It's, it's, it's not stupid because the guy's been point per game. Dude, he could get 80 points, and I wouldn't be shocked. Like, John Carlson did it. Why can't this guy do it? <laughs> Very true. And Kelmacar is better. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah Kelmacar for 90 points. Although I don't really think it's going to happen. It's just a very, very hot take. That's the only thing I have. That is very hot. That's yeah. a 90s a number we've never seen, I think, in our lifetimes, to be yeah, honest. No. I remember, like, well, Carlson hit 80. Lindstrom, back in the day, was, like, 80. Even, like, Mike Green was, like, <laughs> mid-70s. Burns hit 80. Carlson hit 80. But 90s, like, another 10 points. That's like, yeah, I know. That, that's a hot take. I yeah, like that's a hot one. take. Um, and then another one I'm kind of thinking of, I'll go with point reaches 45 goals. Point 45 goals. 45 goals and is in the conversation for the Rocket. For the Rocket, yeah. That's not outrageous. I love point. He's probably my top five favorite player in the league. 
Yeah. In the playoffs, the guy's literally the best player in the league, him and Kucherov, I think. So mm-hmm. that's not outlandish at all. Uh, he did just get that big extension as well. So maybe that he's got that security now. Obviously, he's their first-line center. He's amazing. So I don't see that as a huge hot take, but it is pretty spicy. Yeah, no, it is oh, spicy meatball. Hey, we forgot to do that. Oh, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to get back to this groove, man. Oh, yeah. So am I. So, yeah, like point – I mean, he's reached 41 before, so it's not really out of the realm of possibility. But, you know, the last few seasons, 19, 20, 20, 21, 25, 20, 23. So, I mean, he hasn't gotten there since that year. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's a major hot take. But 45 goals, you know, I could see it happening. Yeah. So, I think that's it for the hot takes. I don't know if you want to have any last words or what do you want to comment on or do a spicy meatball. Well, okay, my spicy meatball. Now that we just did it both for hot takes, uh, okay, we'll do this segment as like the hot seat. Okay. So, where both of us give one or two, and then I have mine, which is like an outrageous one. Okay. So, my spicy meatball for this year is that the Leafs will make it to the Stanley Cup final. That is, that is, that is a Joe spice. That is the spiciest meatball I think you're throwing out there because considering they haven't gotten close. Exactly. That's why it's spicy. That's why it's spicy. Okay. If they could just get over that mental hurdle, we saw it in the documentary series. mm -hmm. They literally beat themselves is why they choked. If they can just, I don't know, find a therapist or something, get over that mental hurdle. They will go far. They just need to stop shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, I'll agree with you there, and I'll disagree at the same time, because even if they get over the mental part, they still have Tampa and Boston to worry about and the other, like, division. I think like, Boston is beatable at this point. Well, again, that's a whole demon thing with Toronto. I think Boston's beatable. They got, like, Boston, I think, is just – I think they're a little older. yeah. I don't know. We'll see. No, like I, I don't disagree. Like I, I don't disagree with you there. I'm just saying, like, but like before they beat the mental aspect of shooting themselves on the foot, they still have to run into very good teams. And I know they're beatable teams. Yeah, sure, maybe you could beat the Boston Bruins. I think they could beat the Boston Bruins. But then that thing starts to seep in, right? Like if you were, if you play the Boston Bruins again in the playoffs, like that that creepiness of Game Seven is slipping your mind. Yeah, as a fan and player, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. But I, I like it. It's a spicy meatball for a reason, so I don't, I don't mind it. But a thing we forgot to do, way too early Stanley Cup Finals predictions. What do you see? I, I mean, you, you have the Maple Leafs. I, I, I guess maybe you have the Maple Leafs in the final. But <laughs> Yeah, so that's you, one of them. So who do you, like, who, who's the finals you see that is way too early to predict, but we're going to predict it anyways? Okay, how about this? I'll do a spicy finals, uh-huh. which is the Leafs and the... Right now, <laughs> the Leafs and the Winnipeg Jets, an all Canadian final. That's my spicy one. The realistic one would be Colorado finally, hopefully, making <laughs> the same thing for three goddamn years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the East, like the Islanders or something, that would or be Washington. I'm going to say Colorado, Washington. Okay. I like it. I mean, it's way too early prediction for a reason because it's, again, it's in the answer way too early. Yeah. <laughs> My way too early finals, I said it yesterday and it really shocked Russo. Like he didn't, he didn't wasn't even able to react to it. The Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina Hurricanes, a rematch of the finals years ago. And the Edmonton Oilers winning the Stanley Cup. Holy they get revenge. That would be dumb. Imagine if that happened, though. Like, McDavid would be like top ten all time already. If he like, just gets one cup, it would just be crazy. Like, it'd be sort of the same storylines as the actual finals a few years ago. The old goalie on the Edmonton Edmonton side, Mike Smith, Dwayne Rolison, like the the guy who was drafted by the Carolina Hurricanes comes back to their team. Cam Ward, I know that was the rookie goalie in that year, and he won, I believe, the Conn Smythe. But then Frederick Anderson goes back to Carolina. Like, just how it all would play out. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a way too early prediction. I, I don't know. I just see Edmonton making the finals. But 
we'll see what happens. That is a lot of thinking going into that one. I like it. Yeah, like I don't want to go too mainstream because obviously Colorado can still go, Vegas, Tampa, all these big teams that are here. But, you know, I'm not picking Philly anymore because they seem to be disappointing me every friggin' year, so I'm not doing them again. Yeah, this is my last time with Colorado. If they do, don't win it or make at least make the final this year, I'm done with them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's time to move on from the teams we keep really investing our picks into, right? Yeah. Okay, that's it. That's, That's it. it for the second episode of season four for Intend. If you have any final thoughts, go and lay them out on there. Thank God hockey's back. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing. I don't even care if, like, the Leafs are – well, I do care if they're bad, but, like, it's back. Like, you know, you're excited. I just want to see different teams. I, mm-hmm. I'm, after tonight, I hate the fact that they have to play again tonight. If you take into account Leafs and Habs, the the end not even the playoffs the ending games of last year they played four times in i think two weeks mm-hmm. then you add the seven playoff games then you add three preseason games this year and then opening night that's like 10 to 12 t- more that's like 15 times they played each other and like the yeah. last like what realistically well montreal played more games but the leafs have played montreal if you think just their games 15 times out of like what 25 yeah easily like, Holy shit, man. Enough. Yeah. Well, how do you think I'm tired of it? I, the only team I see is the blue and blue, red and white. <laughs> like we're the only, I, we're the only team who play you guys right now. I know but. it's annoying. Like, I'm tired of it. Like move on. Like I'm just happy they're playing Buffalo for God's sake tomorrow or something. Even yeah. like, even tomorrow they play Ottawa, Toronto, like I know. <laughs> Enough of this yeah. Canadians crap. Yeah. We don't get an American team till the Rangers on Monday. So that would be some good, like new stuff to watch. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's it for the second episode of the season four for end to end. We will be back next week. Join us then. Woo!